Rolling Dice and Taking Names is sponsored by The Broken Token, creator of high-quality gaming accessories and storage solutions. Visit them online at thebrokentoken.com. Four, three, two, one. In this episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, the guys review The Captain is Dead, Unfair, and Ethnos. I am so excited for you to hear the title of this episode. Take it away, Ground Control. Your audience is waiting. Hello, and welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 117. Major Tom. My name is not Tom. It is Marty. And I'm Tony. And Tony, I must ask, which Major Tom? Uh, the one that lost control, lost uh, all things to ground control. He's just drifting out in space thinking about his family. That one. So uh, the David Bowie, not the Peter Schilling one. Yes. Yes. Definitely the David Bowie. Because that one just, you know, there's your earworm for the day, people. Because you know you're going to be sending ground control, control to Major, Major Tom. Tom. Yes. Or it could be the Peter Schilling. Four, three, two, one. Yes. That one? Yeah, that was from no, the 80s. No, no. Either, either one will work. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those songs that is just, everybody knows it. Everybody probably knows both of those. I would think so. It's my, and if you don't, what, what are you doing? You know, you got to go listen to these things. They're not listening to Peter Schilling or David Bowie. So yes, this is episode 117, and the reason why I called it Major Tom, because one of the games that we're going to be reviewing is the brand new game coming out from AEG, The Captain is Dead. Was he wearing a red shirt? If he was, he would not have been a captain, correct? I, I don't know if um, Kirk or Picard ever wore red. I can't remember. I think Kirk wore black and red. Okay. Uh, you're the Star Trek guy, not me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. So he could be. And let me just tell you something right now. If you are wrong... A Trekkie's going to come out and call you to the mat for that one. Speaking of mats. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally unintentional. Speaking of mats, we had delivered uh, something I have been looking at doing for a long time, and that is getting a big gaming mat for my play table because it's glass. Yes. Finger smudges. Horrible. Oh, finger smudges. Hard to pick up Hard cards. Hard to pick up cards. Oh. Awful. Even when I put it down on a tablecloth, it's not the right thickness. I'm used to a mat that, you know, like when we go play in tournaments, those kind of mat. You mean like uh, like in card tournaments, like sometimes the uh, winners will give out uh, mats or the mats you play like during Magic and stuff. Yes, I know the ones you're talking so, about. So you and I have been to enough of the, Lord, uh, not the Lord of the Rings, though I have a Lord of the Rings mat. We've got... Um, whoa, 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 whoa. You got Lord of the Rings to CCG or uh, LCG? LCG. Oh, okay. I was going to get ready to be jealous because I didn't remember CCG. I'm sorry. Continue. Anyway, so I've, we got that. I've got enough Netrunner mats. I got one from Draco Magi from the um, Kickstarter. Got one of those. I've got all these mats. And you had a good idea for using those mats. And I, st- I haven't followed through on it. And that is to make a frame. And hang them up in the game room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those would look good because some of the art on some of these mats is really, really good. And we're just steering way off topic over here. But anyway, but yes. But it is relevant. Those mats. It is relevant. It yes. is re- Because one night I took all those mats and I put them on the table and tried to piece them together. So that it was like a Tetris, like patchwork, putting them on the table. Okay. It's not really that hard. They're all rectangular. They'll kind of fit together pretty well. Unless your table is octagon. There's your problem. There's your problem. So anyway, I'm putting them on there and then I put the tablecloth on it, but I still had the ridges because they all didn't fit well. And I've been going out to various 
neoprene mat stores online and trying to find remnants of mats that I could, you know, purchase and cut to size and things like that so that I would have, I could stop that because, you know, it's just frustrating to deal with this on a table. Now you of course have your very nice game table, but sometimes I wonder, you know, that's that, the felt that you have down, that's hard, but it's still easy to pick up. Wouldn't it be nice to have that little like spongy feel to it? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I would love something like the, the mats that we play, play cards on. Have you found a solution to that? You said somebody sent us something? Yes, Big Viking Mats. He said, guys, I'm getting ready to start off a Kickstarter. And everybody's like, oh, good gosh, you're doing another Kickstarter. Well, well, hold on, people. If you're like me, and I've been looking for about a year and a half, he's got a Kickstarter that's going to go. that has got various sizes on it. This starts, I believe, um, April 21st. Of mats. For mats. Big Viking Mats. Go check it out. These mats have the five millimeter thickness. And they're not that slick stuff that you would find on the deck mats that we've gotten in tournaments. Not that we've ever won, but the ones that you get for, you know, hey, thanks for participating. And we have a bunch of them. <laughs> hey, nobody else showed up. So I guess you get a mat. You get a mat. So y'all enjoy your mat. So anyway, it's really soft and spongy and you sit there and push on it and all that. But it's not that slick stuff either. So when you're shuffling and dealing out cards, it doesn't slide woo off the table. So anyway, he's got a Kickstarter going, and I mean, it's one of the ones, I mean, mean, I've seen other ones like this, but it's pretty neat that he's got that out there. Now, you know, this stuff, even when I look for remnants, this stuff isn't cheap, Marty. Not cheap at all. Well, no, neoprene and and with uh, neoprene with the cloth on top of it is not cheap. You're talking about like a huge mouse pad. Yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big mouse pad. And even if you get these remnants, and our buddy Eric, uh, who's in the Queen City Game Club, he was telling me about what he had to do is he get the he got the big remnant of it and then he had to go get the um, fabric stick stuff to it and then go find the right cloth that's the right thread count and then he had to put all that on there and I'm like oh my god really just let me pay for something I'm going to pay for something because even Donna's like you know I'd really like to have something on the table so you don't have to go get the window cleaner and clean the glass tabletop so anyway <laughs> so guys if you're interested in Matt please go check it out I mean it's the big Viking mats it's live on Kickstarter now. See, see if it fits into your budget. Um, it's a three thousand uh, dollar goal. He's even going to probably do custom mats if he gets enough sponsorship. Maybe one of those pledge levels. So, Paul, we welcome you. Uh, welcome you. Hey, thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we welcome, uh, welcome, welcome, Paul. Welcome, Paul. Well, we wish you all the luck, buddy. But um, you know, I was like, finally, here's that mat that I have been jonesing because even if you do order these neoprene. It was $30 in shipping. I was like, what the frick? They're because they're heavy. Yeah, it was shipped to me and I handed it to you. I was like, what the heck is this thing? It is a big old heavy box. What size mat did you get? I didn't uh, take it out and look at it. I got the two and a half foot by almost four foot mat. So that's wow. a good size rectangle. Yep. it's. Uh, I know he's got his prices out there. That's $48 on- online. And Now you can, another option mm-hmm. is go find one of those wetsuits and cut it up and you could do that uh, you you could that is an option that is an i have option. a feeling a wetsuit may be more expensive than this mat it might be but anyway so I'm, i know great segue what can i say so i'm gonna segue into yours now i ran into a problem with a recent ipad app <laughs> how's that for a segue i mean I was, I, that was smooth as butter you know they say the worst segues are when you say this is a segue is, I, it wasn't going to be a segue i knew it wasn't going to be a segue because <laughs> I just had to move it up. Let's move off the freaking mats and get over to, to the to, app. 
to an app. FunForge just released their app for Takedo, which is a game that's published by Passport Games. Tony, you and I got to see this app last year at Origins. You remember we went over to Scott Morris's booth, who's the head of Passport Games, and he said, guys, check out this awesome app. After you give us a moon pie, you can come into the booth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we gave him our moon pies, and uh, we checked out this app. And Tony... That is a really nice looking app. Now, I'm not going to go into what, how the board game works. You can go check out this. This is a very popular game. Uh, it takes place. This has a, a Japanese theme where you're you're rolling uh, the roads. There's You're rolling the roads? Did I say rolling the roads? You're traveling the roads, going along the road. You're travelers. You're travelers on a road. Okay. okay. Uh, and the, and the, uh, the game board looks somewhat like that. So typically, when you have a board game that's converted into an app, all they do is they digitize the board and put it in the app and said, here, play. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. FunForge did not do that. They put together this gorgeous application that if you did not know it was a board game, you would think it just would just be a turn-based little strategy game. It looks fantastic. The music is very thematic. The little animations of the travelers as they go uh, along the the, uh, the trail uh, looks really nice. There's a nice tutorial that tells you how to play the game as you play the game. There's a local pass and play, Tony, which I know that uh, you and, and your uh, wife may like, but you can also play online. They've uh, been making continual updates over time. The, one of the complaints they had when it first came out was when you play single player or play offline, the AI is really slow. Now they have a way to speed up the AI animations. So you ain't got to wait for them to walk the little path and everything like that. They've also introduce a way to resume games. So if you stop, you can pick up where you left off. So they're really listening to the community. Uh, They've made a lot of changes and the app looks great, but you didn't get to play it, did you? Unfortunately, no, I did not because I'm old and have old software and hardware. Yeah, you have whole old hardware. So yeah, the software's new because that's what's killing my (laughs) iPad too right now. Freaking uh, Apple. Really? You're going to release software that is going to be a memory hog on a very old system and then tell the app developers, how dare you blame us that we're hogging the memory and all your apps are crashing? I mean, my Ascension is crashing. Ascension. Give me a break. So you didn't get to see it in its full glorious form because when you tried to install it, it didn't work on the iPad 2. I also have an iPad 2 also, Tony, but also have an iPhone 7. So I was able to get it. uh, It runs really well on it. I would love to have seen it on a larger screen, but it works really well on the uh, small screen too. So FunForge did a fantastic job of porting that game over to an app. Again, it's the least looking board game app I've ever seen. So if you're interested in that game, even if you're not and never played Takedo, it is still a fun little phone app to get. And it's like $6.99 available on Android and iOS. Hey, did you see that video of Terra Mystica? I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry because I'm going to go buy a freaking new tablet. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a new Terra Mystica app coming out, but it's not oh. just for phones and tablets. Tony, it's also on Steam. You could play it on your PC. No, I couldn't because my PC is older than my freaking tablet. Oh, my gosh. I, I just got a new TV. Why is Steam not on my TV app? My computer in my TV is probably more powerful more powerful than my computer. Yeah, probably so. But anyway, so Terramist <laughs> is going to be coming out on the 20th of, I'm so excited here, on the 20th of April, which will be uh, before, yeah, before this episode is released. And I'm already jonesing to play. Here's the thing. I don't like playing 
big board game apps on computers. I never have. If I'm going to sit down to a computer, I'd rather play like a video game like Guild Wars 2 or Overwatch or something like that. But I do want to play this. It looks good. I can't wait to try it. I will be getting it on Steam because I think I'd just rather play it on a big old screen. So uh, hopefully you'll find a way that you can get it to run on something because I definitely want to uh, play sometime. Well, that's the quandary I'm in. A new tablet or a new i3 laptop. Yes, I know i3s are way old, but hey, I can pick that up for the Denton Ding sale at Best Buy in their locked up cages of all the computers of misfit toys over there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what do I want to do here? But if I get that, I can Bluetooth it on the TV and I would have that. Oh, the dilemmas. I don't know. I just, because I got a ton of apps, you know, a ton of I, I, iPad apps. And I'm scared that if I get a new phone, that the screen's going to be too small and I'll have to go get my Ignacy magnifying glass and have to use that. <laughs> you can always get the iPhone, is it the Plus, 7 Plus or whatever it is? I don't know. You know I'm an Android user. And well, there, there, there's an oversized version of the iPhone you can get. if you. Is it like the oversized DS that we I used to have that you now have, the big 3D DS? There's just two sizes of iPhones. There's a smaller screen and a larger screen. It's all. Mine's the smaller one. Okay, will it fit in my pocket? You're a pretty big fella. You probably have big pockets, yes. Okay, I just want to check on that. So now, you know, Chariots of Fire is, I thought I should have called this. Talking about that one? Yeah, and and whenever (laughs) I think of Chariots of Fire, I think of the Roman, you know, the racing, the Olympics and things like that. Okay. You don't think of the marathon runner from the movie? No, not at all. Actually, I think of the Olympics when I think of Chariots of Fire. I don't know why, but I do. Well, I mean, wasn't that what that movie was about, Olympic runner? I think so. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. But anyway, so there you go. Who was the the theme song written by? Vangelis. Whoa! Nicely done! Was I right? Was I right? I was right. Nice job. Thank you. Well, anyway, so which leads to Olympics, which leads me back to the Romans and the Greeks and everybody, which leads me to <laughs> Victory Points Games has a new Kickstarter out that we've got a demo of the board game. Now, I, you and I weren't able to get in there. I was able to, I did finally get to do like a single player, go through it and all like that. Sure. I enjoy Victory Point Games. I, I've, I like Healthy Heart Hospital. You like Darkest Night. Yes, big time. And I mean, they've got this Kickstarter going on and it must be. It must be an incredible game because I quote Jeremy from Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Fast-paced and often brutal, Chariots of Rome offers a (laughs) thrilling race. Experience without becoming bogged down in an overly complex tactical mechanics. This one is a blast. Gosh, that was a long quote. Was that on the Kickstarter? That was on the Kickstarter. Why why does people only limit us to like two sentences and he gets like a paragraph? Uh, Who knows? They know their wordy and we get our point across fairly quick. So, oh, victory point concise. game. Yeah, we're concise. Victory point. And now I will say victory point it doesn't have all the big miniatures and all that. But, you know, chariots. Uh, good gosh. I, I keep wanting to say chariots of fire. Chari- I know you do. Chariot- that's, why I put it, that's why I put it in there. Oh, thank you. Chariots of Rome is, <laughs> is basically it's a racing game of the think Ben-Hur. Okay. It, it's got a ways to go to get to his funding. There's, you know, over. 25 days left to go. I'm, I'm kind of torn here. I love the Ben-Hur story. Right. And I'm just like, hmm. I'm on the fence on backing this one because I'm like, this is kind of an in-your-face game based on you know my little playthrough. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if anybody would play this. It looks cute, though. It does look cute. You know, but then again, I found out when we were, a game we're going to talk about later, 
We really enjoy our foe in your face game. Foe? We think it's going to be in your face, but it's not. We enjoy those games. <laughs> in your face. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. So anyway, that's, that's hey. it. I'm done with it. Hey, I'm done with Kickstarters. I'm done. This is not on our show notes, but this just came out today, and you said Chariots and Roll, and it made me think of it. Did you see this 20th anniversary edition of Hannibal that, that was released by Phalanx Games, no, a two a two player asymmetric game considered one of the one of the top war games of all time. I'm tempted. We'll back it. <laughs> Go ahead, drop drop you another. What, what's it? What's it going to be? Another hundred? It, no, it's uh, 60, 60 pounds. Whatever that is, about eighty. Okay, but this is a twenty year old war game that's considered a. It was a highly rated game that they've somewhat streamlined. And uh, it's, it's an historical game. And I tell you, Tony, ever since Academy of Games wanted us to check out and play some other games, I am on this. Histor- I'm g- you know what it is? I just had my birthday. Now I'm old enough to appreciate historical games. I think that's what it is. I think there's this phase where you go from, yeah, I think we're going to play historical games now. Oh, yeah. I'm, you get to that, like Silent Hunter for me. The, yes. The, the submarine game. Gato Hunter just had uh, fun again. They got a new shipment of well, we just talked about it. Uh, uh, when we had lunch together, we were talking about how GMT, DVG, you know, all those games are just constantly wrapped, going through their next phase, their next release, in limited quantities, but they're always sold out. I mean, my heavens, I still want to play Warfighter with you, even though it's not one of those games people want to hear about. It's a card game about World War II. Well, we could play a game that people don't care anything about if you want to. That would really help our subscribers. <laughs> we don't have to talk about the game we played. Oh, that's true. We don't. So, yeah, we'll definitely do that. But I'm with you. Guadalcanal. I was just was watching the HBO series. You know, there was, oh, not Band of Brothers, the one about the Pacific. God, I can't even think of that right now. I am just having, and also, I didn't get a lot of sleep. Why not? My back is killing me, and I don't know why. It's an age thing. Did you bowl last night or something? I think I moved too fast when I got out of the chair. that'll do it you know what's funny it's one of those things that the back is a weird thing you can go out there and lift and work all day long Mm -hmm. and never an issue and then like you get up out of the chair reach for a drink pap there goes the back exactly on on friday i was out there um hoeing spading and tilling the garden uh that we that we've rented a spot and i come back i had no issues but then i go have dinner and i get out of the chair and i'm like oh get going I don't know why. So anyway, sorry. So I'm not thinking of any of the things I'm watching on TV, though I did go back and I'm starting to watch Vikings. That's, oh, that's good. Which makes me want to play. What, what was that game? Jorvik that we played? Yes, Jorvik. Jorvik. Can we play that again? Of course we can. We can actually play a game multiple times even after we've talked about it. I think I don't think it's written in our contract anywhere saying that we can't. Okay, I won't do that. Oh, and I cannot wait. One more show. We got one more show away in the big, movie episode with dan and chris oh yeah that's right and a couple weeks after this episode drops we're going to be having our big summer movie episode our extravaganza where we go over a lot of the big summer movies and we talk about them and we rate them then we have our little contest at the end trying to determine uh we're going to draft basically movies and whichever movies grosses the most that, that that person will win i as reigning champion coming in this year is uh, going to be picking last so i will not have a lot to, uh, to pick from this year but speaking of movies yes did you see the trailer for episode eight star wars no episode was it four five six it's episode eight of star wars i can't uh, last jedi no i've seen a ton of movies i don't remember that trailer no it just was released last week at the star wars celebration 
No, I did not. I missed it. Why didn't they release it on May 4th? Uh, because they wanted to release it at the Star Wars celebration. Okay, no, I did not. Why? Is it? Did it look good? Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. They didn't really reveal a lot. If it's one of those, if you don't, I don't want to see a trailer because I don't want to think about the story. Well, you can watch this one because it really tells you nothing. But what I, was getting, what I was getting to at this Star Wars celebration, Fantasy Flight was there. They were. Showing off, guess what? Oh, they're Star Wars games. They must have had... They were showing off everything. Assault, they were giving away promo cards of Destiny. And so people are getting really hyped about Destiny. Except, Tony, except for this. On May 4th, they're supposed to be releasing their big next expansion called Spirit of Rebellion. And releasing it on May 4th, why? Because that's Star Wars Day, right? May the 4th be with you. It's punny. It works because it's punny. Okay. So everybody's getting all excited. Woohoo! Spirit of Rebellion comes out. All of a sudden, I start hearing about these little mumblings and rumblings from stores and online and offline saying, uh, we're starting to hear that what we had ordered will not be available on May 4th. And I, I facepalmed and said, this got to be kidding. This has got to be a rumor. Until somebody on Reddit posted an email that they got from Miniature Mark. Tony, I quote. <clears throat> You are receiving this message because you recently placed a pre-order for the Star Wars Destiny Spirit of Rebellion Gravity Feed. We have been informed that similar to the previous set, there will be a supply shortage. We attempted to order over 9,000 Gravity Feeds in total from several different sources, and today we were informed we were receiving less than 1,000. That's 1,000 out of 9,000. The good news is that your pre-order was early enough that they got it in, so they're going to get it anyway. But uh, right now, the estimated release date for this product is May 4th. As a result, they're not going to pre-sell anymore. And of course, they follow up this whole thing. It's like, but we want to buy your cards because we know these are going to be hard to get and we could turn around and make a fortune. So please sell us your cards. So that and along with another what I read was there was going to be a short supply. But FFG is determined to make sure it comes out on May 4th because it's Star Wars Day. So they're doing it again, Tony. So what? They're going to do it again. They know they can, they're going to sell it out. Now, my question is, are they going to follow it up with more releases or are they going to do like we said on previous episodes where they said, oh, we're done with it. Once we get this batch, we're going to move on to the next big thing. No, no, no. I mean, they've said, no, they've said that this is the one they're going to start out doing regular allotments. This was the size of this first allotment was supposed to be a lot larger. So here we go. People are going to be scrambling that first day to go get product. I know that our local store, uh, Carolina, uh, tabletop games told me they tried to order a bunch. I should have followed up with him to see if he had heard how much he was going to get. So once again, everybody, if you want this, you better go get it early. Otherwise you're going to have to be waiting for the next ones that are coming over on a boat somewhere. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Hey, I'm fine with that. I am more than happy to wait. I'm more than happy to let everybody go clamor for these things and, and be playing all that at the beginning. And I tell you what, I will let it die off. And if people are still playing two months from now, maybe I'll pick some up. This is good for me. This is really good because it lets me say, hey, do I really want to get into this? You know, I can save my money. I got plenty of Kickstarters to back. I can get on Gloomhaven if I want to or Brass or anything else. Or heck, why not I buy a game that's actually released? That would be a novel freaking <laughs> idea. You know? I'm oh sorry. my! I, I should not have brought up this rant again. I just can't believe it that after all the stuff that they just went to through, I'm just surprised FFG just said, just say, stop. You know what? 
We're not going to make our May 4th date. We're going to wait till we get more product into the channel to make sure we can meet that initial rush and initial demand. But they didn't. Star Wars isn't going to die. I'm not saying that. People love this game. People are going to play this game. But I'll tell you right now, Tony, if this game did not have the Star Wars IP on it, it would be dead in the water. To me, I, I think that's the only thing that's keeping this game alive. This I, I agree with you. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That is going to keep it alive. That people will clamor for it. And then as more people, you know, watch the movies, they're going to do it. But I will say this. They're not number one anymore. They are, you know, international wide. Star Wars Force Awakens is not Uh-oh. the number one grossing film. No, sir, Rebob. What is? Fast and Furious 8. Can you believe that mess? The eighth in a series is the... Now, I think you, I was confused when you said this. The reason why is because of the foreign markets, right? Yeah, international. That's what international means. It includes everybody. <laughs> I didn't know if you recognized that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I just when you first told me, I said, there's no way. And then you said it was really big, I think, over in China. China. Huge. It was really big, yeah. Huge. Well, so was World of Warcraft. Oh, horrible movie. So hey, that anyway. was a summer of, summer of last year that I had my doubts about, and those doubts were founded. So that 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 movie didn't turn out that great. Hey, we got three games to get in. We need. Oh to do my gosh, here. we do. You know what these games are? We've already mentioned one. One is the Captain is Dead. We're also going to talk about Unfair and a game that I got to try out last year at Gen Con that I was excited about that I mentioned on this show when I came back. Ethnos. So Tony, let's get over to the reviews. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. We got the opportunity to try out unfair game. No, wait. It's not an unfair game. What? The <laughs> no, game is called unfair. No, it is kind of unfair, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But it's, an, it's called unfair. It was kickstarted. Everybody loved it. Well, this game, since everybody loved it, it was published by Good Games Publishing. Simon picked it up, and they're going to come out with a more worldwide distribution of it. And now, that Marty, this game. It, it, it plays 14 and up, two to five players, 25 minutes per player. Good God, that's going to be a long game with five players. But basically, all you're doing is you are trying. It's an engine builder, for, and, and the engine is built around making a cool theme park. So that's really the gist of the game, dude. All right. So I guess we're done. We're done. That's it. But <laughs> Yeah, so the whole goal is, is you're trying to build out an amusement park. You start with the basic amusement park. You're trying to then build it out by building rides and theaters and upgrading them for the whole purpose of trying to attract more people. Uh, each of these rides attract a certain number of people, and those people are basically your resources, right? For every person that comes in, you get like a buck that you can spend to upgrade and build the engine. And it's a, it's a deck it's a card building game where it's kind of like Imperial settlers or 51st state where different cards have different abilities and you can combine cards, do combos to make things cheaper, et cetera. So it's very much an engine builder with, with, I think is a really unique theme. Yeah, I agree with it. Now, one thing is as with all engine builders, you're going to win when you get your victory points. And now the key to this game though, is on your victory points, even though your rise will give you so many that you can accumulate one of the hard key ones is these blueprint tickets. And these blueprint tickets are like destination tickets from Ticket to Ride, where it will give you a benefit if your ride, your thrill ride, say, has a splashdown component. It can make people hurl. Okay, that would be a cool card to add. But it doesn't. They don't have that one. Either way, if you do that, you've met that destination or blueprint ticket. That's one of the key driving mechanisms behind this game where you need to get victory points. Now, in this game, there are city or, I'm sorry, player all convinced. They're, They're public. Everybody gets hit by these events. And some are fun. The first four are fun. The last four are unfun. 
They're unfair. And this is a big con for us, Marty. Oh, well, it's right in the theme, though. It says it's going to be unfair. Well, it was because uh, these global events, those first four, really sweet. They benefit everybody. But at the end, uh, and those those events are basically like your countdown clock is the number of rounds you're going to be playing. And there was one that came out, Tony, that totally devastated like everybody's park. So yeah. we'd spent all this time building this engine, making this nice park. And this one car comes out and kind of wipes us clean. And it's like, uh, then we're trying to scrambling to see who can win. So it was almost like that's always almost a little too brutal. But, you know, after that, there's this event phase where we have our own event cards that we can play against each other. And the event card has a top half and a bottom. The bottom half is top. Well, the bottom half top. That's good. The top is something that's good for you. The bottom is something that negatively affects somebody else, like stealing one of their people to come work for you, et cetera. Those I were kind of okay with mm-hmm. because they're not hitting everybody and usually going directed towards a person that, you know, might be in the lead. It's kind of the way to, it's kind of like the comeback mechanism, but those global, whoo, tough. Those were hard, especially when you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, that's how I'm, I'm building everything up for this. And now I've got to root through this because it's at the last part of the game. Oh, you also have after everybody plays their events, then you have the ability. There's three park phases where everybody gets to play and a, a card to add to their park or hire a worker or go rifling through the other decks that are out there for you to pick other park cards or maybe other event cards. You can all grab that in there. And that's part of it. Once everybody has done their three turns, going around, and some people can get four on a special event card like Marty just mentioned. Then you guests show up, they pay for their rides, they come in, they give you money. Then we go to the cleanup phase where everybody has to discard down to five, including the park and event cards all together. And we start over. This lasts for eight rounds. That's it. Now, for me, as an engine builder, as a card deck building type, not deck builder, but you know what I mean. It's an engine builder for me. I would rather play 51st State. Plain and simple. That's it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the theme is really cool. Obviously, it was meant to be kind of a, because of in the title, it's meant to be unfair. It's meant to be a little bit more brutal. To me, I, I'm just not crazy about that because I've, I've worked towards all this and these really bad events come through and just wipe you out. I think it hurt a lot of us at the at the table. I'm the same way. I love engine builders, especially with cards. I would first reach for M- imperial settlers or 51st state over this one i understand the appeal to this one but it's one of those that uh, i would probably not take up space on my shelf for 51st state instead and i agree with you this would not be one that i would be putting on my shelf either if i'm going to grab an engine builder 51st state imperial settlers it's a try before you buy but then again different strokes for different folks five minute initiative is complete Over at thebrokentoken.com, you know they've got some inserts. But if you have not just clicked on their product page in a while, browse by game, you would be amazed at some of the ones that are still there. Not just the old standbys, but I mean, there are four columns of stuff. Aeon's In, which has a Kickstarter going on for War Eternal. They've got an insert for there. Android Netrunner, of course. Ascension. Ashes. Rise of the Phoenix Born. We've got Favor of the Pharaohs. We've got Cosmic Encounter. Code Names. Code names? I guess people would need that to make code names look really good. King of New York, Mage Knight, Love Letter, Love Letter, Pandemic Power Grid, Viticulture, which is out there now. I mean, Terraforming Mars back in the stores. All of that. Who knows if you're looking at some of your old games and the boxers are getting all smashed up and you need to take care of them? Go over to thebrokentoken.com for all their inserts. 
definitely click on browse by game to see that huge list of various inserts that they have. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, last year at Gen Con, I got to go in and see some upcoming games that were going to be coming out from CMON over the, uh, the following year. Two of those really caught my eye, Tony. One, you and I have already played and talked about, and that was Raise Your Goblets, that party game. Mm -hmm. The other was this area majority game called Ethnos. Now, it seemed to be like a great Gen Con for area control, area majority game, because that was also the first place I got to play Inish. And both of them have somewhat of a same feel to them. Now, Ethnos is coming out, like I said, from Simon. The designer is Palio Mori, and the publishers, uh, Asteron Press, and then Simon has uh, picked it up. Tony and I were able to get our hands on, basically borrow, thank you, Pete Shirey, uh, his copy of Ethnos, and uh, try this out. And we got together with our buddies. And Tony, this was one of those games that when everybody's done, we all looked at each other and go, uh, when can we play again? Mm -hmm. um, by the way, I think, you know, Pete just um, moved. I think he's going to be moving again because now I know where he lives and I've been banging on it. We want more games, Pete. Bring him to me. <laughs> Let's go. You know? Yeah, Pete uh, works at Simon, uh, So he he's like an event coordinator and uh, he can help uh, get us some games uh, for us to review. And this one, he said, guys, I've got this copy. If you want to come down and get it. We said, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And now yeah. nobody wants us to take it back because our buddy said, uh, do you have to take that game back yet? And I said, yes, we do. So, uh, but we got the chance to play this multiple times and we got to play for anywhere from two to four players. Tony, this is one of those games to where it's, it's very simple to understand, but it's elegant and has a lot of deep strategy to it. You know, simple to understand. And when you go over the rules, we're going to point out something there. But uh -oh. that's okay. But oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, I mean, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a very little setup. I mean, well, it's, it's, uh, no, well, well, but no, the, the cards, there's a bit of the cards because there's, uh, in this game, there's everything's uh, based on cards. And there's 12 different uh, races or factions of cards. And these are all fantasy type things like giants, murlocs, halflings, minotaurs, etc. And uh, you're only going to pick six for a four to six player game. You're only going to pick six to use. So you randomly determine what six you're going to use and then take those decks and shuffle them together. So other than that, the setup's not really too bad. No, it's not. And I mean, it's a small footprint, which is really nice. I like that about this game. Uh, yeah, the, bo the board is small. It's, it's, it's a map, basically, right? Broken mm -hmm. up into six areas. In each area, there are going to be randomly put out onto the board three scoring tiles. So you have all these scoring tiles. You flip them over. Uh, you take three, uh, flip them over into each area, and then you sort them by order. And each of those represents the number of points that you'll get per round. This game is played over the course, basically three rounds. And what happens is, is that each of those factions that I had mentioned, they all have special abilities and they all have different color backgrounds where the, the different colors match the different colors of the areas on the board. And on your turn, and against one of those really simple rules, right? You either, one, draw a card blindly off the deck, take one that's been faced up on the table, or you play a book. And a book consists of a set of cards ranging from one to however many you can make, where a set is all matching colors. So the, the, you may have different factions in those colors, but they're all matching colors, or you play all the same factions and they could be different colors. So you say, I have a stack of giants I'm going to play. The trick to this game, Tony, is that whatever book you put down, the card that is on top is one, 
the ability you get to use of that faction and the place that you're going to get to place one of your tokens out on the board. And over the course of the game, it's an area majority game where you're trying to get more tokens in a space than your opponents because whoever has the most tokens in that space at the end of the round is going to get points. And that's kind of the whole goal of the game. Yeah, and one of the key things, though, is that when you're making these books, and Marty says, you know, you can make you can make it one up to six. If you want to put out one of your control markers, in order to put one out, your book has to be greater than the number of control markers that you have on the board. Now, you don't have to, but you won't get to place a control marker. So, for instance, if I already have a control marker in one area, and then I want to add one to it, then I will need to put out two. And then if I have two, then I'm going to need to put out three. Or higher. Or you higher, could put yeah. out You could put out a book of five. And if you've only got one marker out there, you still only get to put one. You just have to exceed what's there. Right. And But what's important, though, is you're like, well, why would you do that? Why would you put out more? Well, that makes no sense. Well, it actually does make a lot of sense because at the end of the round, the number of cards in a book is also worth so many points. Now, I don't know if we've mentioned this. The way you win is by the most victory points. Yeah, and it's um, and, I, and we need to kind of reemphasize how a book is made because there's one person that we play with, <coughs> Mark, <clears throat> oh. who it was just mm. he was just basically taking cards and throwing them together and say, "Here's a book." And I remember this one time he put down like a book of four or five, and I'm going to I'm going to use this ability, and I kind of moved the cards apart so I could see all of them. It's like, dude, none of these pictures match, and they're all different colors. He went, yeah. It's like, you can't do that. It's not at the rules. All the pictures, of the they had to be the same faction or all the same color. It wasn't that difficult, but yet he struggled with it. So then what was funny was he put a book down and then discarded a bunch of halflings. And halflings are the one faction where it says, if this card's on top, it has no special ability. Uh-huh. So they're kind of like, per- the whole purpose of him is making books. He threw away like three or four halflings. I'm like, dude. You could play a book of six halflings and get 15 points. It's like, oh, yeah. That was classic. I agree with you. I was like going, rules are not that hard. Same color or all the same faction. It's not that bad. And you would say, okay, well, colors are easy to tell. These are all the primary colors on the cards. Mm -hmm. And at least the factions all have different symbols in the corners. So you can always match up the symbols. You don't even have to see the icon or the pictures of the of the faction. But here's another neat thing that we've got to deal with here. That when you place those cards down, Mm -hmm. whatever you do, once you place down a book, let's say you're limited to 10 in a hand and you place that book down a four. Matching uh-huh. colors, uh-huh. Or, or say it, yeah, say it, or uh-huh. factions. Let's go with factions because obviously it's not clear to everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying, when you do that and you got cards and you put down four of the same color or four of the same faction, those other six, oh, you don't get to keep them. You don't even put them into a discard pile. No, you don't. They go right back where everybody else can go rummage. The the they scatter. The allies scatter (laughs) and other people get to do it because in the bottom half of the deck, there are three dragons. And when the third dragon is drawn, the round ends. Why is this important? Because if there are no cards to in the general pull pile, people are pulling off the top. Well, you say you say pull pile. You mean that there's a market. There's an area in the middle of the table where there's several cards. You, you seed with several cards face up. And when you discard, uh, when you play a book, all those cards go back up in that face up area. So right. yeah, if there's no cards there, your only option then is to draw blind off the deck. And, and so that's that give and take of that that game. I love that. I love that you have to get rid of it. Now, there is a special card like Wizard that says when you play so many cards, you get to draw that many cards. Or 
then there's another faction the you elf mentioned. where you can keep yeah. the cards the the depending on the size of the book you play you can keep that many cards but you would think that simple rule of yeah when you discard you have to discard back so that other people can pull from them is one of the best parts of this game because all these cards are good and people are dying for more cards in that middle market because eventually they just go away and nobody wants to draw a blind and you hate to give cards to people because it's going to make them easier to get books. That's a mechanic of this game that I think is so cool and creates some really good tension and decision points that have to be made. Right. And each tribe slash faction has 12 cards in it. So if you're sitting there trying to get a certain type of cards, because some of them, like the merfolk and the giants and the orcs, all have special boards on their own. If they happen to be in your setup, you need to recognize that because am I going to be able to get that to build a set of five Oh, I don't know. Giants. You need to recognize that by seeing what's out on the board. All this comes into play. It's, it's, oh man, it's so good. It's so And here's the, here's the thing. The 12 factions, we could spend time going over each one of them is, but they're all so unique. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will say, if you, if you want to learn more about the game, how to play and how the factions work, go check out the watch it play channel. Rodney has done a video where he goes over each faction and tells you how they work. They're all very simple. But there's just no need for us to take time to do it. But like you said, Tony, depending on the faction you played, there's these other boards that come in. Uh, like there's this giant token where whoever has the most, the largest book of giants gets to get two points and gets the giant token. And if they had to have that token at the end of the round, they get bonus points. And another cool thing too, we said we played over three rounds. Well, after the first round, you go around and when you score, after you talk about the third dragon comes out, after you score, Whoever has the most in, in each area gets that points of the first round. If there's a tie, you divide by two. In the second round, two people will be awarded points. The lowest point from the first round and the second highest. And in the third round, three sets of points will be awarded. So by the third round, if you're third highest in an area, you're going to get some points. Unless it's zero, because there are some zero points. Oh, yeah. But that was really cool, because... By putting out those tiles randomly, you've now set up a situation where one area may not be as beneficial as other, and everybody are clamoring for that area. But don't forget about your books. That's also very important. And there's that push your luck, that tension. Ten We're going to talk about another game later about tension, but this game, you would think, oh, drawing cards, there's not much, much tension. You're sitting there with a mitt full of cards, and you're wait, and you're like, oh, please don't draw that third dragon. Please don't draw that third <laughs> dragon. I have got six freaking halflings over here, and that's 15 points. If you draw that, I'm not going to get to play. Oh, I'll, once again, I don't know if I said this. So good. So good. <laughs> and, and by the end, it is so hard. If you got an area with three or four of your uh, tokens or markers in the area, it's hard to build a book to be able to add a token. So really at that point, by that last round, you're scoring off books. So at that point, you're just trying to build as big of books as possible. And like I said, if you get one with five or six in a book, that's 10 or 15 points, which is going to be more than most spots on the board will give you anyway. That uh, Even though it's area majority, that's not necessarily the only way to win. And, and people don't think small world. We're not in each other's face here. I'm not mm -mm. taking your tokens off. When you place a token, it's there. Everybody can go to that land and place their markers. They can put control there. It's like Mario said, area majority. So you're, it's not in your face. It's a great game from that standpoint if you've got people who don't like that you know, at you. There, there's not an attack phase, yeah. right? It's not like you go in there in some area control games where you attack somebody and their stuff is removed. That's why I like the term area majority better than control, because it's just whoever has the most there is going to get points. So simple. 
The rules are simple. Match colors or match factions were released. We thought that was simple. <laughs> okay, I'll oh. leave it alone. I'm done with that. That's the last time. I promise. So here's the thing, Tony. You and I got to play two-player. Mm. That was our concern. We thought, is this game any good with two-player? A couple things changes. With two and three-player, you only play two rounds. I appreciate that. The game's a little bit shorter. You only play with five factions instead of six. Okay, so the deck is a little bit smaller. You get through it easily. Everything else for the three players is exactly the same. But with two-player, Tony, there's one rule that changes in there that totally changes the game. The rule is for you to be able to place one of your control markers in an area, it must exceed the total number of control markers in the area. So if you have one and I have one, I have to play a book of three in order to add one in there. And that is hard. Yes, it is. And you're down, you don't get six factions, tribes, you only have five. So the number of cards, and by the way, there are 12 cards per faction, except for 24 in the halflings. So all that comes in, the math is in there and you're sitting there. So yes, it is so hard when you're playing the two player and you have to figure that out. And also, because you know that you've got to get into an area because the person who scores, it's not like at the end of round two where you get the first points and I get the second points. No, because if you don't and you don't have a marker in there, when it comes time to score and mm-hmm. if your marker's not there, then they get both victory point tokens in there. And that is a huge thing, especially if there's like a six and an eight sitting in that yep. area. That can really hurt you. So, oh, yeah, so that forces yeah. you in a two-player game, you got to put something everywhere. So I was shocked that this game works so well with two-player. I hate that we didn't get to play a six-player mm-hmm. uh, to see how it, it would work. The game moves quick. Yes. Uh, once you know the game, you can easily play in 45 to 60 minutes. The rounds go quick, Tony. Basically, if you're not playing a book, you're just picking up a card. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there are times when you pick up a card and it gets back to you in a matter of like four or five seconds. Right. And yeah. then uh, the, the biggest probably AP is like, uh, I've got a book of cards. What do I do with them? Because your strategy changes. And that's what's cool too. If I start out with say two wizards and one of them's red and then my next card I pick up, say a giant that's red. It's like, Ooh, I could go the two wizards route to make a book, or I could go the two red cards to make a book. And then you really have to see what's on the board, which area you're trying to control. So many decisions will change each time you draw a card based on what's already in your hand and what's on the board. So you got to be quick on your feet. Yeah. Now, one thing that people have pointed out is that, oh, I wish they hadn't done the markers in pastel. Well, there's a big reason why they did that. Because the cards are the primary colors and the map has the borders of the primary colors. It helps them stand out on the map. So I'm sorry if you're not a big lime green type person or the pretty and pink person right there. I'll play that anytime. Now, let's talk a little bit about cons. I'll go first. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> you got any? I do. I do have one. Oh, no, you don't. No, I do. I do. Aww. Something happened to us the other night that I thought was was kind of messed up. I felt it. I, we said after you, what happens is there's a, a, when you set up the deck, you take the bottom half of the cards and shuffle in three dragons. And when the third dragon is drawn, it stops immediately. We actually ran into a situation where the second and third dragon were immediately drawn and the round was over. I thought that was kind of brutal um, because there's that. Once two are out, it's like, oh, you're pushing your luck. Well, I draw the third. Well, having two come up at the same time, while the chances may be small, it did happen, and it kind of really threw you off. I almost wish there was a rule that said, if you draw the second and third at the same time, take the third, shuffle it back in the deck, and draw another card. 
that was my only thing. That 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 is a small minor thing, but it, because it happened to us, it kind of messed up the flow of the game, in my opinion. I'll let you have your opinion. No matter how wrong it is, you can have. <laughs> Thank it. You. Let's talk about would we buy this game? Or I don't know if you people figured this one out. That we were both very positive about this. But for me, first off, it checks all the boxes. It marks everything off the list. What's on that list? Just everything that I love about a game. It's got good. <laughs> it's got cards in it. It's not in your face tension in it. It's checking those boxes. It's marking it off list. All of that. The only thing that this game is missing for me Mm -hmm. is it needs more cowbell. (laughs) So for me, must buy, must have on my shelves. And it's got the right player count. Six. Oh, thank you. My copy. I'm going to have my own. You can have (laughs) yours. I don't care. What do you think? All right. Two to six players. It works. It works in the two to four we play. We did not get to try the six, but I don't see why it wouldn't be an issue. In fact, it would even have more attention because everybody's fighting over the exact same areas. The little push your luck element uh, with the dragons. Oh, mm, mm, so sweet. The fact you discard your cards for other people to take up is just an, an incredible mechanic that works so well. You don't only get points through having majorities in an area. You get points to the size of the books you have. There are some factions that give you points on how they're, how they're used. We mentioned the, the uh, uh, giants do that. The orcs have a way to do that. So there are other ways to get points beside even books or the uh, area majority, just depending on uh, what factions you use. It is simple to teach. It's elegant. Lots of great decisions. It moves fast. Tony, I agree with you. More cowbell. This is a cowbell game for us, baby. So yes, I want this on my shelf too. You can have a copy. I'm going to get a copy, but it's going to be on my shelf to stay. It it yeah, it does everything so right and in a reasonable amount of time, 60 minutes. If you're following Ignacy on social media, and if you're not, you should be. He is constantly letting us know things that he is working on. One, he is hard at work testing out Alien Artifacts, which will be coming out later this year, which is a card game that feels like a 4X game. Can't wait to see what that is. He's working on expansions uh, for for Cry Havoc. He's obviously got First Martians coming out. He's going to be working on Detective, a modern crime board game. He's got other expansions that he's working on for 51st State. Give me my 51st State expansion, Ignacy. So if you want to keep up with what he's doing, make sure to follow him on social media. Also, go join his YouTube channel where you can see the Portal Games Informant, where he's giving you a behind-the-scenes look at what's going on in the company, and you can stay up to date on what's coming out at from Portal Games, and you go check out the website at portalgames.pl. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. And the third game that we're reviewing today is The Captain is Dead. Now, this was web-published. AEG picked it up. Now, this is by Joe Price, J.T. Smith. It plays one to seven players. Ah, there you go. Got that. There's your point. sweet spot right there. There you go. Liking it already. It's 90 minutes and it's co-op. Oh, my gosh. A co-op game. That's and in, in space. space. Oh, man. <laughs> in space. Danger, Will Robinson. And that's what we got going on here, guys and gals. The captain's dead. Oh my God, what are we going to do? We've got to save the ship. We've got aliens coming at us. Computers are failing on us. Stuff is going offline. If our shields get below 0%, we're going to die. We've got to save the ship. We've got to engage the warp core and get out of here. 
We've got to move. Come on, people. Just like any great co-op game, there are various roles. Now, Marty, this is one of the neat things I like about this game. There is a role called the crew member, the red shirt. <laughs> he dies. I love that. And when the injury is done, if the red shirt is there, if that if you're playing the role of the red shirt, you basically die instead of someone else taking the injury. That is hilarious. Now, of course, you're going to respawn because there's plenty of red shirts on a ship. And we all sure, know sure there is. That. Yeah, there's like 18 roles in this game. At the beginning yeah. of the game, you're going to pick up one of these roles, and each one is a little bit different. Uh, when you pick a role, you get the card, and the card tells you how many actions that particular role has, like maybe four or five, and it also indicates on the, uh, the role card how many cards you can have in your hand. And these are skill cards that you're going to be used throughout the game, typically to repair systems as they break. And Tony... Are they going to break? Because oh, yeah. on on your going to are your turn, uh, much like pandemic, you have so many actions you can take for moving, for sharing items. But the big thing is going to be repairing stuff. Right at the beginning of the game, you draw five cards off the top of the event deck, which are bad things, and systems will break down. This this ship has a bunch of different systems. There's a teleporter so that you can easily move from one area to another. There's a place where you can uh, a system where you can easily share cards. There's one system which lets you look ahead into the events and see what's coming up, so you know how to prepare for it. There's one that gives you additional skills, and these uh, event cards will just say, "Hey, guess what? Your teleporter is now offline." And when it goes offline, the little teleporter card flips up over and if you want you can go down there spend some skill cards to try to repair it and get it back online but tony that's not the main goal like you said the main goal is getting the jump core fixed because once you get it fully repaired you're going to win the game it's just mitigating all the other crap that's going on right and meanwhile aliens are coming on board so you got to go battle them now they're they're not going to follow you they they they're a hindrance the aliens when they come on board they're basically a hindrance to you and when their ships are next to you, guess what? They're going to make you cause more damage. Now, when you're pulling over these, like in Pandemic, the event cards, or when you're flipping them over to add cubes, when you're turning over these event cards, there's three phases in it. There's the first alert, second alert, and if you make it to the third alert, you're pretty much dead. Plain and simple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I mean, they get progressively it. worse as they yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're. At, at first, the systems are, they're offline to going. Yeah. They're just flat out destroyed. There ain't nothing you can do about it now. Right. And it's all about collecting those cards. And there's hand limit sizes on these skill cards that you have to collect to pay for this stuff. Now, some roles have certain things built into them that allow you to discount that. Certain skills have are more valuable. You can upgrade things like you can put in a shield modulator to help reduce your damage. So, all in all, I mean, that's it. It's a co-op game to get your ship out of here. There's been some expansions to this game. For me, you know, the board. Love the artwork here. Even though it's kind of, what is that, blocky style? I, I don't know what you call that, but I, I like it. It's bright. It's brilliant. I mean, the colors are brilliant. Yeah, it's a very bright board. It's one of those kind of embossed boards. It's kind of shiny, and some of the areas are, are shiny. But, Tony, the best thing I, I've seen this, this has the best standees. Of any game I've seen, the standees are, are are representative of your role, and they're they're see through plastic with nicely colored art on them that stick into a little plastic stand. So they aren't cardboard standees; they aren't they aren't plastic. They're like little transparent. It just looks really good on the board. Pros for me: 
It's a co-op game. Really enjoy it. How about for you? For me, it's one of those things. I love the theme. I love the, the playability. Uh, you you got to keep all your systems up and going. I think the hard thing is, is trying to decide what system should I fix? They're all going to be hurting. So you got to kind of decide how we're going to work together, get the jump core fixed, but get the right systems fixed so we can take advantage of some things that's on the board. I really enjoy it. Uh, so for me... Yeah, this this kind of this this has a little bit more depth than what I thought the maybe pandemic did just because there's so many more systems and stuff going on. My family really enjoyed it. They're ready to play again and it's hard, but what's cool is you could change the variability of the difficulty. You can have it so that uh, you, it takes less repairs to the jump core to finish the game. Yep. This is one that uh, I think will probably stay on my shelf as a good co-op. And for me, no. Not going to be on my shelf. Uh, so for for me, there's just not enough there. Bring this out on the shelf. So unfortunately for me, no, I, I don't need this one on my shelf. Five minute initiative is complete. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the music. Stop the music. What do you mean there's not enough there for you? You love pandemic. You you love space. It's, it's actually a little bit deeper game than what pandemic is. You're saying you would rather play pandemic over this game? How? Okay. Overall, yes, it may be a little bit deeper, but there is no angst. All you're doing is flipping over those event cards one after the other. After you've seen it one time, oh, I know in pandemic, you're going to say, all you're doing is flipping over the world, the same ones over and over. But on pandemic, but the epidemic is sitting there. You don't want it to come up because you know you may have outbreaks. You're not seeing the board develop with the captain is dead like you are in pandemic where the cubes are growing. I will say this. I played it. I played it with six and we won. So that was cool. But some people checked out. There wasn't enough tension in this game. My wife liked it, but she didn't like it more than pandemic. So why would I put it on my shelf? Five minute initiative is complete. No, whoa, 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 whoa. You won? What do you mean you won? What level? We played it on normal. And you won? And we won. We beat the game. And maybe it was because the event cards were good that the ships didn't come in. I also knew that I put, needed to put the, the first thing we did was add the shield modulator. Oh my gosh. We played this game multiple times and it absolutely kicked our butts. Sometimes we didn't even get through the level one alerts. People finished up the game. They're like, okay, that was neat. I understand what they were doing. It was just something, I don't know. It, yeah, okay. Okay. Let me be a little bit more fair. I'd still, I'll come borrow yours. But I guarantee you, if I put Pandemic down or The Captain is Dead with my co-op t- group, they're going to pick Pandemic, even though they have played it time and time and time again. And for me, it's going to be if I brought out one or the other, I think my family's finally gotten tired of Pandemic. They like the theme of this, so it will be The Captain is Dead. There you go. It's a no for Tony. It's a yes for me. Five-minute initiative is complete. Tony, we've got a big international holiday coming up soon. Wait, we just finished tax day. What am I missing? <laughs> That's not international. That's oh. only us blokes over here in the United States that got to put up with that. On April 29th, it's International Tabletop Day. I never thought that that day would catch on like it has. Amazing. Simply amazing. Geek and Sundry has done a fantastic job of getting that day promoted, and they have a lot of promo- promos that come out. And they're trying to get people to send in their stories about what it means. And now all over the country, all over the world, you hear of all these events that are going on right here in our city. Our local game club is going to be doing stuff. Uh, our local game stores are going to be doing events. So it is it is a big deal and it is a lot of fun. And Tony, I 
get a real special treat on that day because Geek and Sundry has asked me, along with a few other people, to come out to L.A. and play some online games with them. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. You were invited to. Well, we got to represent in our own coast. So fine. You go over there and you hobnob with all the people and play your little games while I'm over here going to the Waldhorn for the Queen City Game Club meetup on International Tabletop and enjoy. I bet you're not going to have the buffet I'm going to have at the German restaurant. Oh, mm. I, I I probably will not. So all day on, I believe it's on Twitch, Geek and Sundry is going to be streaming all these games going to be played, and I will get to sit in on one or two games. Uh, some other people going to be there, like uh, uh, Rodney from Watch It Played, Jeremy and David from uh, Man vs. Uh, Meeple, Brittany from uh, GTS Games is going to be there. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so excited that they asked us to come. I wish you could go because your name was on the invite. I know, and I wish I could too, but that's all right. That's fine. No big deal. That's okay. I know if I went, I know what I'd be doing anyway. I'd be driving Rodney around. <laughs> You know, I would be the chauffeur in that L.A. traffic, but that's okay. Oh, I know everybody's got plans. We would love to hear what your International Tabletop Day plans are on the 29th. And let me tell you, I'm excited because I'm actually taking three other people with me. to Because it's going to take three to match one of you to the to the games thing. And I'm in teaching them a whole bunch of games there. People who have never done anything like this, they're very excited about going. So I'm excited about that. and. I'm almost, almost ready for the summer move. I'm I'm building up, man. Building up. Coming in episode 118, you remember, just a reminder, you don't want to miss it. This is our fourth, can you believe it, Tony? Our fourth annual summer movie preview. We're going to dedicate the whole episode that movie is going to be coming out over the summer and what we think about them. And as usual, our good friends, Dan Patrice from the Geek All-Stars and Chris Kirkman from Dice Hate Me Games will be joining us. So you don't want to miss it. Make sure to come back and check it out on, on episode 118. And Tony, we're already planning out future episodes with some incredible guests, some more games that we're going to be talking about. The con season is upon us. We're going to be busy, busy, busy. So should I go and buy the double feature of Guardians of the Galaxy tickets? There's like three left. It starts at four o'clock on Friday where you can go and watch both of them. What do you think? Uh, that's a really cool idea. We're going to go on Thursday night. You're going to go on Thursday. Are you seeing the double feature or are you going, you're doing the double nope, feature? Just going to, just going to, just going to see the single one. Oh, I know. Oh, so much to do. We are going to watch, we are going to watch number one here. We have the DVD, so we'll watch it here uh, before the movie comes out for sure. Oh, uh, uh, that's why, that's why I was saying I'm building up to it. I've been watching a ton of trailers. There's going to be some, tr- some trash out there, but that's all right. But you're right. 118 movies, no board games. Sorry. It's a good thing too. Cause I am tired. Tired, dude. I mean, think about it. We've done nine games in the past three episodes. That's a lot of games for me. It is, but I think it's really cool. We're kind of getting to this groove now. We're finding this one night where you and I can get together, and, and we're starting to eliminate some of the piles of the games that we need to get through, which is good because there's another stack over here that's growing that we have to get through, and we got some great games coming up that I, I can't wait to talk about. Until episode 118, keep rolling dice and taking names. We love interacting with the community, and if you'd like to interact with us, come join our BGG Guild 1589. 
Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Dyson Names or Instagram Dyson Names. Second points, no, it's whoever has control in that round will get that capability. And if you don't have a marker in there, then that person gets both. Unbelievable. Three episodes in a row that your phone is ringing. It's eight o'clock. It's our alma mater trying to get money from me. (laughs) Funagain.com. Go check them out. Their games are trickling in. They're building up. Just like us, they're waiting on the con season, seeing what's hot, what's coming now. So you might want to get over there and say, hmm, like I told you earlier, they got in Terraforming Mars, which by the way, there's going to be another run that's going to come out in June. So maybe get on their pre-order list. I know I've got a game waiting for me, Energy Empire over at funagain.com. So simple. Like a game, not in stock. Go ahead, put it in your basket. Helps you get to that $100 free shipping. And as soon as they get it in, you're guaranteed that game. They'll get it to you. Can't say that about Star Wars Destiny boosters, though, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've already ran it on that one. Let it go. (laughs) Letting it go. Anyway, be sure to check out all that funagain.com has for your gaming needs.